We're reading uh, the whole of Romans chapter 6, and it's entitled in the NIV, Dead to Sin, Alive in Christ. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we may too have a, live a new life. For if we, if we have been united with him in death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in resurrection like this. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourselves to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourselves to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be, be your master, because you are not under law, but under grace. Slaves to righteousness. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of those you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God, that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey, your, obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from, from the things you're now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord thanks be to God for those words Well, let's ask the Lord to, to speak to us through his, through his words. Let's pray for a second. Father God, we ask you now, uh, come amongst us by your spirit 
open the eyes of our heart, open the ears of our hearts um, to hear you speaking to us by your spirit through your word. We want to meet you. We want to know you. We want to be changed by you. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not going to be very long, I promise, um, if you've got little ones at the back. Um, And I know this is a day of celebration, um, but please forgive me if I get serious for just a brief moment. Because this is a very serious moment. For some of you, theoretically, possibly for all of us, it could be the last chance you get to get right with God. And I just want to explain for a minute. You see, Tom has not made today a lifestyle choice. It's not as if he said, um, I could spend my time playing the Xbox or or practicing the guitar, but I'm going to give my leisure time to the church. No. Though, of course, his choice will affect his lifestyle, and you can hold him to that. He's not made a commitment to an interest group, as if he said, like, I've joined the model railway club, you know. As if he said, I know I need a group of people uh, somewhere to belong, and I choose Staines Kong because they're slightly more sociable than the Model Railway Club. No. Though this is a great family and a great place to belong. It's not like he's made a selection of one faith amongst many, as if he's opening a selection box of chocolates. As if he could have said, mm, I wonder whether I'll have Buddhism or Islam or. Or Judaism, but I choose Christianity, that's my favourite. It's the coffee cream of religions. And No. He has made a choice, but he's made a choice of life over death. Why wouldn't you? He's made a choice of rescue over being lost. Why would you not? He's made a choice of eternal paradise over eternal punishment he's heard the Lord the God of Jesus Christ speak to him he's understood what Jesus has done on the cross he's died a sacrificial death and he has responded and he has said to God my life for my life you've spared my life you've given me back my life in the eternal sense And I give you my life back to you in return. And a very sensible choice it is too. So this is a really serious moment in which I want to give you the opportunity to make that same choice. You may have come in this morning and you may never have aspired to such a thing. You may never have desired such a thing. You may never have heard of such a thing. But I want to give you the choice because it could be your last chance. Um, So we're going to go to that rather serious verse that that we finished with there. It's both a serious verse and it's a glorious verse. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in, in Christ Jesus our Lord. All through your life, you'll be really glad to know or maybe you won't, in spiritual terms, you've been earning a packet. Every moment of your life, you've been earning a packet. You've been earning a wage packet. You've been earning a moral wage packet. 
And the Lord is going to give that to you when you die, if he doesn't return first. But in the same way that 90% of drivers think that they are above average, we all think that we've put more good than bad in our wage packet and we're looking forward to a comfortable spiritual retirement. But we've misjudged. If you're thinking that, you've misjudged badly. Because Jesus says this. Um, a, a teacher uh, of uh, kind of the uh, Jewish religion came to him and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, well, what's written you know, in the law? How do you read it? And, and the teacher answered him, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all of your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus uh, answered, you have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and live. If you want life, if you want et- eternal life, if you want with life uh, in Christ after death, this is what you have to do. You have to love the Lord your God with all your heart and your mind and your soul and your strength all the time and you need to love your neighbour as yourself. All of the time, without fail. On another occasion, Jesus, on a couple of other occasions actually, Jesus said, these are the greatest commandments. These are the commandments that matter. So if, if you've done that, you're fine. Your wage packet will be full. But I guess that if you're like me, you know this morning... That every moment of every day, you are falling short of that standard to love God, love the God of Jesus with all your heart. And actually what's going into your wage packet is you're building up what Bob calls sin, which is falling short. So God made you, he loves you, he owns you, he wants you to work, to, to Love him and and worship him in return. But in fact, uh, Romans 3 says, all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. So you'll be pleased to know, you've earned a packet, but it's not the packet you thought. It's actually a packet of falling short, and the wages you will get for your falling short is, is death. And again, we often misunderstand. Because you might say to me, well, we all die, so what's the, what's the issue, Nick? Well, Jesus says, he's not talking simply about your natural death. He's saying beyond your natural death, there is either life or death. There is either eternal life or there is eternal death. There is an eternal life in God's presence after death or there is an eternal torment of facing God's anger after death. And he says the wages of sin is this. At one, on one occasion, he calls it this second death. The wages of sin is death. More often, he uses a more simple term and calls it hell. That's the bad news. You're filling up your wage packet, and however hard you try from this time on, it's not going to balance. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that's seriously bad news. Seriously bad news this morning. You are in grave jeopardy. Please hear me. If you don't sort this and you die, that is it. You are done for, eternity is fixed. In a torment that never finishes. It is, it is way bigger a risk than anything else you're going to face in life. But the good news is there's a way out. What can you do if, you, if your moral performance is never enough? How can you get right with God? We see Jesus as the only person who lived loving God all the way through, all the time, and his neighbour as himself. 
And it feels like we're, we're being condemned because we don't live up to that. And you might say, that's unfair. God says, no, it's not unfair, but actually here's something that is. Here's something that is unfair. Jesus lived perfectly, did the right thing at every step, every turn. He's the only person who hasn't earned the wage packet of death, but death on a cross is what he gets. And what happens there is he's not taking that death on the cross for his his own wrongdoing because he hasn't got wrongdoing. What he's doing on the cross is taking your wage packet for you if you choose it. It's a very simple idea. And Jesus' pay packet, what should Jesus' pay packet have been? It should have been eternal life with God. It should be welcomed into into God's presence and God saying, come on home, come on home, faithful son. And God is prepared to credit that wage packet to you if you would like him to this morning. Romans again, this is Paul writing, you see, just the right time, while we're still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. That's you and me. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There is an answer. It is the death of Jesus. How do you take hold of it? Well, Romans again says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that Christ raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, in other words, made right with God, and it is with your mouth that you profess and are saved. There's only one thing you need. Well, there are two things you need to do this morning if you want to take hold of this. One is believe it in your heart. Believe it, trust it. Throw your whole life upon it. Go to the Lord and say, Lord, there is nothing else I can do. I, I, I throw myself upon your promise of, of, of eternal life. And then you have to declare it. Then you have to own it. Then at some point you have to speak it out loud. Um, and that's what Tom is doing today. So there's no such thing as a secret Christian because you have to speak it out. There's no such thing as a solo Christian because when you're uh, born, uh, born again, you're born into the family of Jesus. You're born into the church. And Tom has believed in his heart and he's professed with his mouth. So, how about you? I know I say this in all serious. This, this could be, this morning, your last chance to deal with this wage packet before it gets handed to you. Okay. For, for three reasons. One is you could die tonight. Okay. I know we're getting into morbid territory here. Okay, I recognise that. But this is what Jesus said. He, he told a crowd a parable. There was a, there was a rich man. He, he yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what should I do? I've got nowhere to store my crops. I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger barns. And there I'll store all my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain. Laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This is, th- listen to this. This is what Jesus says. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. This is how it will be. Typically, this is how things will happen with, with people who 
are, are not rich towards God, but, but are rich towards themselves and are rich with things. Typically, Jesus says, what will happen is that they will carry on um, blithely dealing with their own lives, making they've got enough stuff in their pension pot and their bank account, and then suddenly life will go. And life will go before and without them, taking stock and having dealt with the Lord. Please don't let that with you be you. So you could die tonight. Jesus says this is typically how it is with people who just want to know about their, their bank balance and not about the Lord. The other thing is Jesus could return. Jesus has promised to come back. And he himself says then, keep watch because you don't know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and not let his house be broken into. That's basic, isn't it? If the thief tells you a little note, says, I'm coming in at 11 o'clock on Tuesday, you'd be there with a baseball bat. Or something. But he doesn't. And so neither does Jesus tell us when he's coming back. So he says you must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you don't expect him. So this could be the last chance you get to, to deal with this. Because you could die tonight or Jesus who could return. But more scary, I think, than either of those. If you're listening this morning and you're saying, Nick, I've just heard this before. Uh, I'm thinking about it, but maybe, maybe not today. Well, there is a possibility that if you say not today, if you kind of just harden your heart that little bit, it may be the thin end of the wedge. It may be the start of an ongoing hardening of the heart from which you never recover. There comes a point if you harden your heart to the Lord, the Lord says, I think that's, that's your choice. I, I leave you there. If, if you don't deal with it today, there is no guarantee, even should you live for 70 years, that you will get a chance to deal with it tomorrow. The Lord is slow to anger and rich in love, and I've, I've proved that by being stupidly sinful on many occasions. The Lord is slow to anger uh, and rich in love, but he's not obliged to keep holding the door open to you. The door is open for you this morning um, to walk through. He is not obliged to open it to you again. He is holding out a gift for you this morning. Um, it is the gift of eternal life. And now is the moment. One of the writers of the New Testament says, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you, if, if you hear his voice, don't, don't harden your hearts. So you're here this morning. Um, you've seen what, what Tom is about to do. You've heard what Tom says. You know now um, what Jesus has done for you. Um, you, you have an opportunity, you, you have a chance, um, and there is no guaranteeing you will ever get a chance again. So please, I'm not doing anything other than repeating the words of Jesus back to you. Do something about it today. Do something about it today. Today is the day, today may be the only day. What I encourage you to do, we're going to pray, we're going to pray for Tom in a minute. If in the middle of that you think, this is something I want to deal with today, then either say it out loud in the middle of the quiet, the prayer time, saying, Father God, I want this, to, I want this today. 
You have an opportunity in a minute. I want to give you an opportunity right now, because I think right now is the moment. And I want to give you an opportunity right now. There are longer-term opportunities you can take away if you've never encountered this before. We have little Gospels. That's the Gospel of John with some helpful notes alongside to help you understand it and access to some online stuff and, and videos and stuff so, through some QR codes. Pick one of those out the back and read it if you've never come across that before. Um, in September, we'll be doing a course called Life Explored, which, which goes through the Gospels. But I encourage you, if, if you know that you know this, do something about it today.